If you've got your Bibles, you can open up to, to Matthew 14. We'll get there in just a second. Um, but in this series, Audacious Prayer, um, this is what we've been talking about. We've been talking about the fact that oftentimes our prayers are, are safe, they're comfortable, they're generic, but God is calling us to pray daring, specific, big prayers, audacious prayers for him. And, and we have a God that says all things are possible, and he almost dares us to say, pray for some audacious things. I will do some miraculous things if you just pray for those types of things. And we've looked over the last three weeks at different stories. We looked at Joshua the first week, where he, he prayed that the sun would actually stand still and that the day would be longer so that he could complete the work that God had for him. And the sun actually stood still. The second week, we looked at Jairus, and he prayed for, for Jesus to come and his... his his daughter was on her deathbed, and he asked Christ to come. And the daughter actually did pass away, but Christ raised her from the dead and did the miraculous in his life. Isaiah, we looked at the prayer that he prayed last week, and it said, he said, here am I, send me to go out into this world. And today we're going to talk about one of the craziest prayers in the Bible, maybe one of the most daring, one of the most audacious prayers that is in Scripture of Peter asking to step out of the boat and step onto the water and to walk toward Jesus. And if I could summarize this series, it would be this right here. God is calling us to do this, to be faith-filled risk-takers who never insult God with small praying or safe living. Let's read that again. God is calling us to be faith-filled risk-takers who never insult God with small praying or safe living. That's what he is calling us to be, to expect the unexpected, to pray for the miraculous, to step into divine moments with him. And don't settle for second best, small prayers, to dream big, think big, and allow God to expand what he wants to do in every single one of our lives. And so we're, today we're going to talk about the fact that God wants to move us from the safe, comfortable zone to our, uh, the faith zone moving us from the safe zone to the faith zone. And as I was thinking about it this morning, I was thinking about some of the games we used to play as kids. My brother and I, my mom would shoo us outside the house and say, get out of the house, you're making too much noise, go play. And so we would make up games in the, in the yard. We had this one game where we had a Nerf ball and a tennis racket, and we put Frisbees down for bases, and we would play baseball in the front yard. Then we had another game where we took all of our army men and we scattered them around. You had your guys, and he, he, I had my guys, and we set up, made our set, and then we pulled out lawn jarts. Do you remember, remember lawn jarts? They're illegal now. You can't give these. It's not a kid's toy. It's, got a, it's like a giant spear that you would throw back and forth. And we would stand there and throw them at each other's toys and see if we could knock over the army guys. That would be a game that we'd play. Um, we just came up with games, and, and one of the games that we had was It, a game called It. Some people called it Tag. We lived in, in Clawson, and the driveways were pretty close, and so we would say, one person is It, and may, you guys maybe played this game, one person is It, and this driveway over here is the safe zone, and that driveway over here is the safe zone. We called it Ghoul. What did you guys, do you remember calling it? Anybody remember calling it ghoul? I have no idea why it was called ghoul. I don't know where the word ghoul came from, but that was the deal. It was a ghoul. If you got to ghoul, it was, you were safe. 
you were safe. And so you would run, and the person that was it would try to tag you, and if you tag that person, they would be it. And then, then you would be on the ghoul, and you'd try to run back and forth, and we would all run around, and it was... But and the interesting thing is you would always watch the character and the personality of kids when you were playing. There, were always, there was always that one kid, and you probably had that kid in your neighborhood, that if this is the ghoul over here, this is the safe zone, he would just kind of stand there, and he would wait, and he'd wait, and then maybe he'd do this, and then he would come back, and then he'd wait, and then he would come back, and he's safe, and he was always afraid to go, and maybe if it was completely clear, then he would run across to the other side, but he was always afraid to really go, and the game isn't any fun when you're standing there on ghoul. The game is fun when you're running and going crazy and diving into... Yeah, the driveway and cutting your face up and stuff like that. That's what makes it fun. And the, the, the truth is, the exact same thing is true in Christianity. The exact same thing is true in life. But what often happens, we find ourselves running to the safe zone and wanting to just stay there. We're in a relationship with someone and someone breaks our heart and we say, you know what, I had that happen. I'm not sure I want that to happen again. So I'll stay over here and keep it safe. I tried something new at work and I, I failed miserably and I was embarrassed in front of a bunch of the other coworkers. So you know what, I'm not going to risk anymore at work. I tried volunteering once at, at church and getting involved and, and nobody really appreciated me. So I think I'll just stay over here in the, the safe zone. The comfortable zone. And actually, in the, in the Christian church, we sometimes think that's where God wants us to be. Come into a relationship with God and just stay over here where it's safe, where it's comfortable, and there's no risk, there's no challenge, there's no vision to go beyond. And the truth of the matter is that God is calling us to step away from the safe zone, to step away from the comfort zone, and to step into the area of our life that's going to involve faith. It's going to involve a challenge. It's going to involve a little risk. And he calls us to step out. But oftentimes we don't want to. And as we walk through this message today, I want you to think, I want you to frame this message with what do you dream for your life? What is the vision that God has given you for your life? Where is it that if you could snap your fingers and do this for God, you would do that in an instant? If you could step out and make a difference in this cause or step out and make a difference in the life of, of people or, or in a ministry area, what, what is God calling you to do? Where is he calling you to step away from your safe zone and, and, and step into a faith zone and do something big for God? So I want you to dream. Dream a little bit bigger for God. And as we walk through this message, I want you to personalize it to your life. And as Peter stepped out of the boat, I want you to see you stepping out as well. So here's the background. If you've got your Bibles open to Matthew 14, go ahead and open them up. And there, that's if you want to look on you version, I usually use that when I'm out. We want to get into God's Word together as a people because that's what changes our life. Um, you can look on the screen as well. Here's the story. This is the background before they're out on the boat and Peter steps out. Here's the background. It says, immediately after this. What is it immediately after? Jesus had just fed the 5,000. They had just had this miraculous miracle that was going on, and they saw all of these, the, these 5,000 people fed. 
And the disciples were, this is amazing. This is incredible. This is, we are in awe of what you did to multiply this food and feed all of these folks. And immediately after that, they're just still basking in the, the miracle of that. And they're thinking, boy, we've had a great day. This is good enough. And they're, they're, they're basking in that. And immediately after that, Jesus is going, I'm not done. He's got more in store for them. Jesus insisted, this is what's fascinating, Jesus said, that was cool, but I got something cooler that's coming in store for you. And, and he says this, his, he insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray, and night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. What's fascinating about this is that it's a meanwhile moment. Jesus is praying up there on the hill, and meanwhile, what's happening out here in the, on the lake in the world is this wind has is, is picked up, this storm has entered, and they're out in the middle of this lake, and they are fighting heavy waves. They are giving it all they got to get from one side of the lake to the other. And what I love about this is this is often where our life is at. We are in these meanwhile moments, these moments where we are, we are fighting against something. We are struggling against something. We are, there, we've come up against something. Maybe it's a situation at home. Maybe it's a situation with our finances. Maybe it's a situation just in our own spirit that we're struggling against this and we feel like we are giving it all we have and we're not really getting anywhere. And what happens when it comes to a vision for our life, we say, well, if I'm in the middle of fighting something, you know, God surely would wait till I'm done fighting this, wait till everything is good, and then he would call me to do something great. We sometimes pray this goofy prayer where we say, God, when I get this thing straightened out, when I get my finances all in order, when, when our marriage is back, when my kids get a little bit older, then I will step into that adventure that you have for me. But Jesus wants to speak right into the middle of our problems, right in the middle of our meanwhile moments, and call us to step forward into his miraculous that he has in store for us. We're waiting for perfect circumstances, aren't we? We often are, when the circumstances are perfect. And if you haven't figured this out in life yet, <laughs> circumstances are never perfect, are they? There's always something that's just not right. So in the middle of this, God intercedes. And this is what is so cool. And in the middle of our lives, right where we're at, God is interceding. And it says, about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. It's three in the morning and Jesus is coming. If I would have been Jesus, I'd have showed up at eight. I wouldn't let him fight for that long. But if I'm really honest, I don't know why Jesus shows up sometimes at three in the morning. I don't really know what's happening in my life at three in the morning. If I'm up at three in the morning, it's only one of two reasons. I'm either I either can't sleep or I'm extremely depressed about something and I'm thinking about something and I'll come downstairs and I'll flip on, 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 the, on the TV and, and you start watching, you know, what's on at three in the morning? You know, infomercials and stuff like that. You know, miracle mops and sham wows and all that kind of stuff that's going on. There's not much happening at three in the morning. You know, if your phone rings at three in the morning, my wife, if it rings, she's like, oh, we better pick it up. And I'm like, no, 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 don't pick that phone up. It's probably somebody drunk that's calling or something like that. Just leave. They can call back. If it's important, they'll call back in the morning. Nothing really happened at 3, 3 in the morning. 
And this is what's happening. They're, 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 in the, they're fighting this storm in the middle of the night. So they are tired. They are exhausted. They are worn out. They, they feel like they don't have any hope. They don't really feel like they're getting anywhere. And I, I, I'm sure they were about to give up in the middle of this, in this huge storm. And in the middle of this, it says this, when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. So here they are, they're fighting, they're struggling, and, and they're sitting in the boat, and they're like, what, what, what is that coming to us on the water? Is that a duck? You know, is that a, that's a pretty big duck. No, it looks like a person. What is it? Is it like Jack Sparrow, some ghost coming toward us on the water? They're freaking out. Because people just don't walk on the water, do they? They just don't. And so they think it's a ghost. And here's the cool thing about Jesus, that Jesus comes to us in ways that we don't expect and in times that we wouldn't expect either. He's coming to us. And I know in my life, he sometimes shows up at, at three in the morning. He shows up when it's, it's, we feel like it's too late, when we feel like we're, we're beat up. We feel like we can't really continue to go on. We feel like we're sinking. Um, somebody asked me last week when we did the message on Here Am I, Send Me, they said this at the, after service. They said, I am so thankful when you, every time I've heard that message, the pastor's always talked about going to Africa. And so you didn't bring that up. And so I always, when I hear that verse, here am I, send me. I think he's going to send me to Africa. And in Africa, they don't have toilets. And I don't really want to go to a place that doesn't have toilets, which is kind of ironic because we're in a place this morning that doesn't have toilets. Um, and, and I said to this couple that was new, I said, you know, I didn't bring it up because I actually went to Africa and I was a missionary. And the interesting thing in our life is Kathy and I, and I've, I've told the story to some of you before, that we were... She was six months pregnant with our first child. Now, those of you that have a child, you're thinking about that first child, when that first child was born. What's going on? You're thinking about, you know, I want to create this beautiful home for the kid, keep it all safe, keep it all secure, keep it all wonderful. And, I don't want to, and we were getting ready to finish seminary and go out to where God wanted us to go. And we thought maybe God would send us to like, a, we said, how about an urban environment? Do something a little different. And it was on one of those Sundays. Do you remember those Sundays where you get into an argument with your wife on the way to church? Probably just in our house that happens. Yours probably is holy, holier than ours. But we got into a huge argument on the way to church, and we didn't talk all the way to church. Then you sit there really nice, put your church face on while you're sitting in church, and then we sat through church, we drove home, we continued to not talk all throughout the day. And this is really great, often when you're six months pregnant, because lots of emotions are going, and all this is happening. And the whole afternoon, we didn't talk to each other in our apartment. And then we get this phone call at 8 o'clock in the evening that night from the mission director and he in St. Louis, and he says this to us. Hey, we were going through your file, and we thought that you'd be a perfect candidate to go overseas for an assignment. And I go, okay, we're overseas. Ghana, West Africa. And we go, okay, uh... I don't know anything about that country. This is pre-internet days, so there's no way you're going to look it up. It's 8 o'clock at night, so the library's closed. There's nowhere to go find out. And I go, well, um, 
keeping my church face on, I don't say I'm in the middle of an argument with my wife. I just say, okay, I'll have to pray about that. That's the Christian answer. I'll pray. Let me pray about that. He says, excellent. You pray about it. Give me a call back first thing in the morning. Not even 24 hours later, just the morning. And so we pray. We pray. And we, I turn to my wife and I tell her what the person said and, and I said, this isn't a good time and we talked a lot, we prayed a lot, we dove into God's word and we asked him, you know, we said, do you really want us to take this, because our daughter would have been born in a few months and then it would have been a month or two after she would have been born that we would have went overseas. We said, is that really why you want us to go? Is that really what you want us to do? And a couple things were encouraging for us that night is we, we dove into when Jesus was gathered together with his disciples at the Last Supper. We were just reading through that, that scripture about Jesus being with them. And, and the interesting thing, and there's a couple of insights for this, that Jesus calls us from places that we only dream about going. That area that you've been dreaming about in your life, that water where you, you think he wants you to go, Jesus is already there. He's already walking on it. That thing that you're fighting against, he's walking on it. He's coming towards you, and he's calling you from there. And then the words of Jesus were so cool in that section because he says, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. He is saying, you're afraid, you're freaked out right now, and you don't have courage, so take this courage from me. You don't have it, I have it, and because he's God, he has it. He's walking on the water, the thing that you're struggling with, he's walking on. And so he says, take this courage from me. Right now you're freaked out. Right now you're afraid. And that's exactly where we were that night. We were freaked out. We were afraid. And we called him up in the morning, and, and, and we said... Well, I guess we're, we're interested in it. We're interested. And uh, we're open to where God wants us to go. And we couldn't have done that without taking courage from Jesus. And where God is calling you to go, you can't get there without taking courage from Jesus. And so to step into those places, to step off of the ghoul, to step off of the faith zone, you have got to listen to his voice. You got to hear from him because he wants to speak to you personally in your life today and say, take courage. Don't be afraid. I am here. And that, that gives us the courage to step forward audaciously. And so if the story keeps going, though. It gets even better than that. That would have been enough right there. But it keeps going. Then Peter calls to him. And this is how you know the, the, the Bible is not written by people. This is how you know it's written, you know, by God. Because it is so awesome what happens next. What Peter says next in the story. You couldn't have written this. This is, if a writer would get together in Hollywood and try to write a story, this is not the next line that they would write in the story. Because it, it doesn't seem rational. It doesn't seem right. Most they would be like, oh my gosh, Jesus is coming. We're fighting this thing. We're finally safe. We can finally go back to ghoul and everything will be great. Right? But Peter is refreshingly courageous and refreshingly audacious in his prayer. He says this, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. <laughs> 
that's a crazy prayer. That's a crazy, is that a crazy prayer? Is that an audacious prayer? I want to, I, I see you out there on the water. I see you stepping forward. I see you walking across these waves. And you know what? I want to do that too. And because you're doing it, I think you can help me do that too. And that's just crazy. That's just audacious. That's just, that's just not even rational thinking. The other, uh, you know, disciples had to be looking over him. And I'm sure, sure, sure Thomas is sitting there going, I doubt he can do that. I doubt it. I doubt it. There's no way. What is he thinking? And that's what's challenging for you and I. Because we're in the middle of a meanwhile moment, in the middle of a struggle, and all we're praying for is that we'd be safe. And Jesus is saying to you and I, you know what? I'm here. You're safe. Now step into this this moment with me. Step into this moment with me and do something audacious. God is calling us to be faith-filled risk-takers who will never insult God with small praying and safe living. That's what he's calling Epic Church to do. That's what my prayer has been for, for 2017 here at our church, that we would take risks, that we would step out audaciously, that our prayers would be huge and our faith steps would be giant. And then Jesus responds, which is so cool. Jesus says this. Isn't that a little bit crazy too? Yes, come. He doesn't say, what do you think there, Peter? I'm God. You're not. I could do this. You can't. Are you crazy? Do you see the wind and the waves out here? This is not the easiest thing to do. I'm not really sure you'd be able to do this kind of thing. It takes an awful lot of faith to do this, and I'm not surely sure you're up to it. He doesn't say any of that. He says, yes, come. Yes, come. And so here's the first, another thought here as we step out audaciously. In order to step into your destiny, you have to step away from your security. You can't step into the destiny that God has in store for you by staying there in the safe zone, by staying over here. We could have never, and and what our idea of is, even Kathy and I, we were worried. We were freaked out because we we didn't even know where the country was. And we've got this child. We don't even know what it's like to be a parent yet. And God's calling us to take this child to the other side of the world. And we had to step away from our security. And the amazing thing, and this is what's so amazing about the way God works, is we, we prayed about it. I called him and I said, okay, I think we'll do this. You know, give us more information. And I said, I got to go to the, over to the school, the school library, and I thought I'd go to the mission department of the library and just see if I could even figure out, find a map so I could find where the country was on a, on a map. So I go over to the school library that morning at the seminary at, at, at 9 o'clock in the morning, and I walk in, and I go to this little tiny section in the back. It's no bigger than like this, this little mission section. You know, the, uh, seminaries are full of theological books, and the mission books are kind of this little corner. And there was a table back there. And I walk back, and there, there was a woman standing there. And, and I said, um, you know if there's anything back here on the country of Ghana? Because we were just asked to go there as missionaries, and we don't really know where it is or anything about it. And the gal goes, really? My husband and I have been missionaries in Ghana for 15 years. (laughs) We're back on furlough. I'd love to tell you about Ghana. And God 
He gave us incredible um, mentors that helped us along the journey. But it required us in order to step into that destiny, we got to step away from <coughs> what we consider our security. And ask yourself in your own life, what is the security that you've kind of put around your life? What is your past? Maybe it's your past. Maybe it's your comfort level. Maybe it's your control. Maybe it's like, I'm not, just not somebody that likes to play. I like to play it safe. I don't really like to step into those. And you need to hear the words, you know, of Scripture that say, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You can't really follow God fully and stay in the safe zone. The fun is out here on the field. The fun is out here running back and forth. Nobody tunes in for the Super Bowl this afternoon and says, hey, look at those guys. They're just standing there on the sideline. Look at how cool it is. They're just kind of chilling out there. Boy, I bet they're hoping they don't get in the game today because they might get hurt. <laughs> no, they're itching to get out onto the field. The same is through spiritually. We need to be itching to get out on the field. Yes, we've got to step away from our security, step into that destiny. And this is what it takes. It takes for us to be people who are willing to trust Jesus. And as Christians, we often are willing to just trust in Jesus. We'll trust in Jesus as our Savior. We'll trust in Jesus as a Redeemer. We'll trust in Jesus as the one that, that, that gives us new life. But we won't really trust Jesus to step into the moments that he's called us to live. And Jesus is saying, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I'm here. And then what happens next? So Peter went over the side of the boat. And then it gets even more miraculous. He walked on water toward Jesus. And did you see that? He walked, he gets out of the boat and he starts walking on the water toward Jesus. And he's moving toward him. This is so huge. This is so huge. He's stepping into that moment. And you're going to step out of your comfort zone and step into that moment that God has for you. And he's preparing you for that journey, for that moment, for that adventure that he has in store for you. One of the books I've been reading through in this series is the book Sun, Sand, Steel from, from Stephen Furtick. And if you're looking for a, a book to inspire you, I encourage you to pick it up. And he, he says this, and it's about our security and he says this, how God strips these things away. And sometimes it's our own dreams. We had a dream in our mind about what it would be like to raise a child. This is what our dream is. But God had a bigger dream for us. And we had to let go of our security, of our dream, to grab a hold of the new thing that he had. And he said, before God can bring his promises into pass in your life, he has to strip away that stuff that keeps you from trusting him wholeheartedly. And that stuff is on the inside. God's invisible work in you prepares you for the visible work through you. The invisible work that God did in Peter's life prepared him for that step that was visible. He has a, God has a personalized calling for your life. And it's specific and it's unique. And he says, God may have to cut away some of your self-centered dreams some of your self-centered security, to make room for his bigger and his better dreams. Maybe the desires of your heart are wrapped up in ambition for status instead of your passion for Jesus. He has, he scheduled, God has scheduled me for open-heart surgery on so many occasions to deal with my distorted priorities and my superficial motives and my desire for security. The thing 
The thing is, sometimes God has to let your dream die so that his vision can come to life in you. And that's what Kathy and I had to do, and uh, we stepped into that moment. We stepped into that moment with God. And you know what? I don't say that as like, whoa, look at us, pat me on the back. We stepped in it because God spoke into our lives. And the same God that spoke into our lives, same God that spoke into Peter's life, is the same Christ that wants to speak into your life. And so you got to let go. And so here is the last thought on this. You can have faith or you can have control, but you can't have both. He stepped away from his control, and he stepped into faith. The story keeps going, though. Gets even better. Verse 30. But then, I, then he saw the strong wind in the waves, and he was terrified, and he began to sink. It's still storming outside. What's happening? He starts walking. His hair is getting messed up. The wind is blowing. And we always think people walking on water is kind of like on a calm day. We're walking on water. That's really cool. But when, you, when there's waves, what's happening? It's kind of like you're surfing on the water. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Just standing there on that kind of ocean motion kind of action would be enough. And he's standing there, and he's going up, and he's going down, and he's, he's getting a little weaked up. But he's, so he starts looking around, and he, he takes his eyes off of Jesus, and he starts looking at the circumstance, the meanwhile moment again, the thing that holds us back. And then he cries out to God and says, save me, Lord, save me. And there's going to be moments in your life, if you step into that moment, there will be things, situations that will happen, circumstances that will happen that will tempt you to take your eyes off of Jesus. And in those moments, what happens is we begin to sink. We begin to go down. And the truth is when you step into your divine moment and you begin to live an audacious life, you'll be humbled by your failure and your natural limitations. Because we're walking with God's help, not on our strength. And we will sink sometimes. We will fail sometimes. We will not make it sometimes. And in the book, John, in John Ortberg's book, if you want to walk on water, you've got to get out of the boat. He says this, did Peter fail? Did Peter fail? He's sinking down and he's, he's going down into, into the water. He's feeling like he's about to drown. Did he fail? Well, I suppose in a way he did. His faith wasn't strong enough. His doubts were stronger. He saw the wind and he took his eyes off where they should have been. He sank. He failed. But here's what I think. I think there were 11 bigger failures sitting in the boat. They failed quietly. They failed privately. Their failure went unnoticed, unobserved, uncriticized. Only Peter knew the shame of public failure. But only Peter knew the glory of walking on water. He alone knew what it was like to attempt to do what he was not capable of doing on his own. And then feeling the euphoria of being powered, empowered by God to actually do it. And once you walk on water, you never forget it for the rest of your life. So here he is. He's sinking down in. He's, go, he's going down into the water. And then it says this, Jesus immediately. Jesus didn't wait. Jesus didn't say, see, I told you couldn't do it. You know, you know. He immediately, Jesus reached down grabbed him, pulls him up, and he says, you have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? 
And oftentimes preachers have preached on that verse and they've preached it like it's a mean verse, like you have so little faith and they've given it to the congregation. You have so little faith. Why did you doubt? You shouldn't be doubting. Jesus isn't saying it like that. It's almost like he's like, dude, that was so awesome. You were walking on water. Why did you take your eyes off of me? Why? Why did you doubt? You know, uh, I believed in you. I knew you. you, And and, and he's, he's, he's a little disappointed, but he's pumped that he got out of the boat. And, and oftentimes in our life, we, we sit there and we're just kind of cowering in the boat. We're cowering back. We're, we're sitting there like the 11 disciples and we're staying on ghoul. We're staying on the safe zone. And, and Christ is out here calling us. And we're afraid that we might fail, so we're not going to do anything with it. So we'll just stay there comfortable. And we'll fail quietly instead of failing publicly. Because when you step out of the boat, you're going to fail. It's just life. But you know what? This is the other half is you're going to be amazed by God's supernatural grace and his power in your life. Because Jesus is calling on us. He's not calling us to step out and be perfect. He's calling us to step out and to be with him where he is. Why did Peter get out of the boat? I don't think it was just because he thought it would be cool to walk on water. I think Peter got out of the boat because he just wanted to be with Jesus. He was like, you're out there on the water. I want to just be with you. I'm stuck over here on the safe zone. You're out here, and I want to be with you. And that's his motivation. He just wants to be with Jesus. He just wants to, in these moments of life, I, want, I could stay over there, but gosh, I just want to be with you, God. And, God. and the truth about God is he's on the move. He's going places. He's doing things. And he's saying, come with me on this journey. And he just wanted to be with him. Wherever he was, if it was going to be difficult, if it was going to be risky, I'd rather be with you, God, in the faith zone than be without you in the safe zone. And he does. And he grabs them, and they come back to the boat. And, and this is kind of, this last bit here is, is one of the things I'm praying for our church, that we'd have moments like this in 2017. When they climb back into the boat, the wind stopped. And he's proven, like, I'm, I'm God. I can do all things. Then the disciples did what? They worshipped him. They worshipped him. You you really are the son of God, they exclaimed. And that's my prayer as we go into 2017, that every single one of us, as a church and individually, that you would have moments that you would step out of the boat and you'd step into the miraculous that God has in store for you, and you would have moments in your life where you'd go, you really are the son of God. You really are. You, you, you did this in my life, and you, you're doing miraculous things, and you really are. I can't take credit for any of this. I mean, think of Peter. Do you think he looked back and said, well, you know, how, God, you did some of it, but I did some of it too. No, it's like 100% miracle walking on water. It's all God. And, and in our life, we want to look back and go, God, it's all you, what you've done. And I don't know about you, but I want to have moments like that in my life where I just go, you really are the son of God. You really are. And I just want to be with you. And they just worshiped. And they just worshiped. So where is it that God's calling you to go? What's the invitation that he has in store for you? What's the vision for your life that's a little risky? It's a little challenging? 
that's going to require you to step away from Google to step out into that moment. Because the truth of the matter is the words of Jesus are true for you. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. We're going to end this message with um, the same thing that Kathy and I were encouraged. We were talking about the upper room when we were praying 20 years ago for that as we were looking at Christ gathered together in the upper room with his disciples. and They were celebrating the the Lord's Supper where he was saying, I am going to be with you always. I'll be with you always wherever you go. And so we're going to end this message today with, with just celebrating that, the celebrating the gift that he's giving us in his body, in his blood, in his grace, in his promise that he is with us always. And um, it was the, on the night Jesus was betrayed that he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take ye, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup and said, Drink of it all of you. This is the blood of my new covenant, which is shed for you. My grace, my power is poured out for you. And as we close this, this worship time together and as we come forward for communion, I want you to hear these words of Jesus saying, Don't be afraid. Take courage. I'm here. Let's pray. Jesus Christ, we come before you, and we so often in life, we so often in life, stay over here in the safe area, stay over here in the comfort area, stay over here in the risk. We're afraid of taking a risk. We're afraid to, 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 to listen to your voice and to step into those moments with you. And so, Jesus Christ, as we gather together as people, may we hear your voice clearly. Because the same Jesus that spoke to Peter, is, you're the same God that is right here in this place with us. And you're saying to each and every one of us, don't be afraid. Take courage. I'm here. I'm calling you into your destiny with me. Yeah, it'll require you stepping away from security, but it's gonna, you're going to be with me on the adventure of a lifetime. Lord, we confess the times, you know, so often, we just come as people, sinners that just need your grace in our lives. Because as we look at our lives, there's so many times we, we fail to step into those moments. And we, we just come before you as people that are desperate for you. We're desperate for your grace. We're desperate for your forgiveness. We're desperate for your presence. We're desperate for you. Speak into our lives today. In your name.